Matt Botago. My name is Nick Brown for Annie Brown. I'm joined by Mr. Nathan Custis. Nathan, how you doing? Hello, Nick. How are you well? I'm great. <laughs> how are you well? How are you well? How are you well? I'm well. How are you? Cool. Ah, Very yes. well done. Nathan, today we're going to be talking about the greatest <clears throat> sophomore ah, yes. albums of all time. Now, that's a word that's really tough to spell because there's a random O in there. It's like sophomore. S-O-P-H-O-M-O-R-E, yeah, that, Nick That Brown. second O I don't like. You don't like it? Three O's in that word. Feels like there should only be two. So you're going to just be sof then more instead of sophomore. Yeah. Sophomore. Yeah. yeah. Soft and then more. Yeah, very Really, it should be softmore. <laughs> softmore. S-O-F-T-M-O-R-E. Sounds like those kind of like the the hankies, the fucking tissues, Nick Brown. Yeah. The, the Kleenex style. A few softmores. Very soft. <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, we're going to be talking about the best ones. We're going to be talking about a few ones that maybe, you know, second album syndrome is a real thing. And we kind of, there are a couple albums I want to talk about maybe that had such a great debut and maybe just couldn't quite follow it up and there is always something about that that you know I think is fascinating. Them, what do you call it? I call them dips. You call them the dips? So dips. Mm, not that's, a good dip. Not yips. First album, dips. So, Ooh, I like that. That's yes. pretty good. That's what I do. Do you want to join the new ball, Nave? Uh, Nick, yes. Yes. I've got a question though for you. Yes. Do you know how many of your top 30 albums that you had were, were sophomore, sophomore albums? albums, Nick? No, Brown? I have no clue. Do you know? Oh, I do, Nick. Okay, I've got four here for you. Four. Do you remember what they were? Um, There's one that we'll talk about. In further detail. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I can't really remember off the top of my head. RTJ2. Yep. Denzel Imperial. Yep. System Toxicity. Yep. And Let Live Fake History. We'll start with Let Live Fake History. There you go, Nick. Because I had that too. Yeah. That, I had eight. I tell you what, man. Like that, Um, yeah, obviously being a scene album, we'll talk about that one. Um, toxicity and all that great albums in their own right, but a bit more disconnected from the scene, I think would be uh, the best way of putting it. The disconnect. Is that yeah. a counterpoint? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Let Live. When Fake History came out, because like people don't, Remember, a lot of people think Fake History is their debut. Um, Nave, can, no, you, can you describe the oh, first God. album from Let Live? You know what it's called? Speak Like You Talk, Nick. It is one of the worst. It's actually, it's like the fucking, like, you know when you go in those princess movies, or like you go, like, you're, you're the ugly duckling and you become the prince. Mm. So they were worse than an ugly duckling on that first fucking album, Nick. They weren't very good. Nah. When they screamed, when Jason screamed, they sounded all right, but he's cleans on that first album. It was like the worst elements of Pierce the Veil. Yes, like, it was <laughs> fucking criminal. But then, Nick, the turnaround. Who knows what that was? That was the battle of the ball <laughs> on this album, Nick. Fake history is is unbelievable, front to back. Like as I love a good like two track opener, kind of like System Meltdown off the Flash Fighter Color by Edge Shikari. <sighs> Wish that made it. Uh, but like this one, like obviously you have the prologue into the six six the six six point eight billion. And I do like it, Nick. My God, like what a one two punch to open things up into Renegade as well, Nick. It's just like, can you start an album better? I don't think you can. <laughs> well, this is very high up in both our like favorite 30s as well. It's just been a brilliantly written album because like throughout, like you, you go through the whole album, like Over Being Under is like fucking track nine or 10. Yeah. And like you look at that, we the pros and cons, like it's, pros of con, it's great. Homeless Jazz, yes. full of a mother's a month, like a monster song. Casino, Columbus, I yep. love. Like I used to drum all these songs, Nick Brown. I fucking love this album. And, like yeah. even the album cover, having the actual great. names of the tracks on the front. Not a lot of people did that and they still don't do that, Nick. Yeah. So this is actually was an appeal to me and I, I was a massive fan. Yeah, and they re-released it when they signed with Epitaph, I think, for memory, and they they added a couple extra songs, Hollywood and She Did being one of them, which I love. One of my favourite Let Live songs, full stop. Lemon Party. Absolutely Lemon Party. This mime, a sex symbol, talking about you, Nick Brown. Yeah, and and I think with sophomore albums, I think the thing that I look for, and we'll talk about ones that had great debuts as well, but I love a great improvement. You know, a debut debut album that didn't do well, and then a sophomore album that went, oh, here's us 
are finding your our creative juices, I guess you could say. Oh, the juices. Uh, Nave, can I suggest you one? Oh, yes, if you'd like. Obvious one, because I know a lot of people would say this, um, Amity, Youngbloods. I think it's a perfect example. It's a great example. Of really. like a band who, you know, started off their first album's decent, uh, but nobody talks about, is it Seven Ties? I can't remember what the fuck they We'll roll with Seven Ties. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll roll with that. We'll name. call it the debut. The, the de- debut. The, the debut. The debut. <laughs> the debut. We're going Yank style, Nick Brown. Debut. <laughs> but they, when Youngbloods came out, it just... It felt like that was their again. If looking back, it feels like that's their debut. Like people don't really refer to their debut as their debut. No one compares the Amity's debut with, say, North Lanes no. or Nuts Wakes or Parkways or Make Them Suffers or whatever it may be. And it's like it wasn't that great. Young Bloods set them off, and that is a huge reason why they're the band they are today. You know what actually happened, Nick Brown? I got a story. Yeah, please, Amity. So they went down to the local Bunnings. Yeah, and they actually came out, Nick, with Young Bloods when this actually happened. They said, "Bangers are us on us." With young bloods, I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> but, but, on, but you look at the actual songs in there. So absolute staples of the scene. I ate Hartley was one of the greatest openers, like yeah. in the Aussie scene in the history. Like Young Bloods itself, I like that song. I know you're not the biggest fan of that song. Yeah. That's a great song. And then Anchors, that's the that's the bang staple, Nick Brown. So yeah. they are actual monster songs, and they've played them through the test of time. What about an album that maybe didn't do it? Oh, Nick, do you have any failures? Do you have any Lots. ones that were? Amazing debuts that just quite couldn't get followed Easily, up. Nick. Can you please I've give me the one? the biggest one for you. Please. From the biggest high to the biggest low. I think we're going to have the same one, but please say it. That's got to be Beartooth. Yep. Aggressive. <laughs> from the heights of disgusting, they went from rawness to shitness on this, Nick. I'm telling you, aggressive. They kind of came out with the mallow rock style Nickelback in flavor, and I wasn't a fan. Like, a couple of... De- like, Hayden. Brilliant song. Yep. Ripping song. Name me three other ripping songs, Nick. Nah, can you name me three rip- like three songs as well on that? Well, they've got, luckily they've the got title a, t- track. a title track, which yeah. helps. But I like the closure. I like the opener. I like, hey, that's the only three songs I've ever really enjoyed. I don't care. It always felt very... Every riff on this album felt so B-side-y from disgusting. And like, you know, Caleb Shomo is a great songwriter. Obviously, he wrote you know, everything, I think, on disgusting and I think everything on aggressive and everything like that. And it felt like here, it's like he put so many ideas into disgusting that... What it was almost like this was the quote unquote dregs of that album that kind of got flown into what was aggressive. The production was a little bit too clean for my liking. There was a bit of a, as, as we say, a bit of a rawness too disgusting and a bit of more of a live element that I think hasn't been replicated by Beartooth since. I don't mind the new Beartooth records. I think the latest one's pretty decent, although I don't really go back to Getting it. Getting back to the style that they had, Nick. <laughs> that's what they are on below. They're trying. They did. They're trying. They're yeah. only refining that. It yeah. took him two albums in between drinks. Yeah. And it's just the uh, dregs you've lost. <laughs> <fucking, laughs> you, I've lost my mind for that, Nick Brown. I'll go back up to the totem pole at the top, though. The, the, the yeah. good ones, Nick Brown. From a kind of, like, not an average start, but like to like a better, like, sophomore release. Alpha went from mono yep. to A Quiet Place to Die. Yes. So that was kind of like, not chalk and cheese, like mono was decent, had a few decent songs, but whenever like you change vocalists, they can be very like hard to do. And like they had a seamless transition. They did very, very well. The The previous Fault EP wasn't yeah. like to the level we thought it was going to be, but this delivered. Yeah. Place to die last well, year. as you said, you said seamless transition. Fault was the bump in the road, but it felt like a necessary one yes. to get to here. Yep. Uh, a Quiet Place to Die is excellent. Mono is a great album. I know when some people say, you know, you're not allowed to say that considering everything that's going on. But Mono, like, even in retrospect, it's a it's a decent listen. I know, decent, yes. I know a lot of people who fucking obsessed with that album. Really? Yeah, oh. absolutely love it. I don't particularly think it's amazing, but yeah. it's a good release, especially for a debut from a band who weren't 
probably weren't ready to release an album at that time. You know what I mean? Like they probably still were in that EP territory. So, you know, when you, when you listen to this album, you go, yeah, there's about six or seven great tracks on here. And then you go, yeah, they've got an EP's worth of great tracks and the rest were kind of meh. Their best is yet to come. Absolutely. And like, here we are, quiet place to die. I've still I listened to that during the week, kind of in preparation. I still think the back back end of the album better. way better than the front. Um, I think the fr- I just don't think it's sequenced particularly well. I think that's probably my biggest issue with the album. And but other than that, man, like the album's a great listen. Um, it feels like they're improving. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty impressed with this album. And uh, being a year old now, a little bit over a year, it's still pretty damn good. It still holds up nice. Yeah, it really is. I um, want to see them tour that more. Oh god, I just want to see. They them. did a few shows off it, but yeah. they're gonna play big shows. I want to give an obvious one. Yes, so, I'm sorry. It's the it would, I'm sure I'm assuming with the poll I put up, it'll be top. I'm just looking at it now. It is Parkway Drive Horizons. Oh yeah. Um, as as two people who don't like killing with a smile. This is probably going to be our number one. <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard for it to be not like in, in at least now top five because for us, it's an album that you know we didn't particularly like to an album that is, it's a classic. It is an undisputed classic. So it probably is Youngbloods. Youngbloods is arguably a classic. This is undisputed. You cannot argue against Horizons, even as myself, who it prefers Deep Blue more. Horizons is Parkway Drive's classic. Well, they go hand in hand, those two, because they came yeah. out in the same year, kind of Parkway on the same trajectory as Amity. Amity clearly aren't as big now, but like at that time, like they were both coming up and it was really exciting. But yeah, fucking Horizons. Your favorite song of all time from Parkway is Carrie and <laughs> Fuck <So. you. laughs> But look, Idols and Bonehounds were the two songs that really took them off and they started playing bigger shows. And like the whole part of seeing Parkway back then was the live show. Like you wanted yeah. to go there in a pit fearing like Pantera style that you're going to yeah. come out fucking bleeding our mate chipped a tooth one time then you went to go see him like yeah. that was it that was the appeal and like the whole thing now you actually go to see the music a little bit more now we especially doing the change styles but Horizons dude it still is so fucking heavy got to go back and listen to that yeah it, it's a really oh good re-listen um, I guess nostalgia is a beautiful thing as well and as somebody we both quite enjoy most of Parkway like especially like I, I enjoy New Parkway I think New Parkway is really good but Horizons going back it does feel like a really cool time period it's a time period i wish i was involved in a bit yeah more, well we back. were too young to yeah. appreciate that we weren't listening to that style as much then but that was their start into arena fucking things with carrion because that was their first sing-along song they really had showed that they had the hooks uh, the hook writing skills yeah. and they've gone on with it i want to i want to give you one again on the lower end somebody oh yes a, a bad one sorry so i got a couple of good sec- ones yes a yes. second album blues one this is very me i don't i know a lot of people are going to disagree with this one Italians Indian Summer. Got it here too, Nick. Yeah, I, I love Die Young, man. I think Die Young, honestly, Die Young's one of my favorite debuts. I've listened to it ever since we've talked about the best debut albums. Yep. I've kept listening to um, a lot of these albums, and Die Young is in continuous rotation. It's so fucking good. And I still remember Indian Summer being such a disappointment because of the a little bit of false advertising with their the title track or the the song called Hallians yeah. uh, being so heavy, nothing yes. else felt even close. It was it felt like more of a transition into Opera Oblivion, which it was. Then, yeah, and then and if that's okay, if that if that's the necessary step we had to get to get to Opera Oblivion, that's okay. Yeah. but it still doesn't mean I have to like the sophomore release no, that is Indian Summer. Not a memorable album at all. No. You, you skip over that. They don't play songs off that even when they play now. So like that's what you get. Like you get songs off Indian Summer occasionally you don't get i mean sorry you don't get any off indian summer but you do you get them off die young you get them off obviously opera oblivia and then what was the album rue Rue. so rue came out a couple of years ago as well so you don't get songs off indian summer i'm the same with you because it went up with the start dipped then it went back up to opera oblivia which they're doing they're celebrating they're playing that in full so yeah i'm the same definitely should be be a great watch when they play that nine day no another crap one yeah not a crap one but another dip as i like to call it please Polaris, the death of me. Okay, I wanted to talk about this. From the mortal coil, Nick. I knew this was going to come up. Yes. So, 
I'm interested in talking about this because your Mortal Coil, if we were to rate it out of you know, a general sense, it's somewhere between a 9 and a 9.5 out of 10 or Probably something, yes. something around that mark, around right? That, it's yeah. an amazing album. Great album. The Death of Me, is it a bad release or was it in the sense that just comparatively to the Mortal Coil, Which is it a bad good, yeah. release in general? Where do you rate that out of 10? How does that compare? Because like, as I would say, if I say like Indian Summer to me is like a 5 or 4 out of 10, and that's what I, for me, that's why I'm like, nah, I don't particularly like it. Yeah. Is What is the death of me out of 10 for you? Well, I think it's a 7, a 6.5 yeah. to a 7, because like, I look at it like, I look at metalcore releases around the world. The bigger ones, like Architects, are always the biggest at the top of the game. You expect greatness when they release albums. Polaris, this felt like a like a Barry Tomorrow could have released this kind of album. Yeah, and like no no offense to Barry Tomorrow, they're a decent band as well, but they're not on the level we think Polaris are going to get to. We think they're going to become yeah. Architects and these big bands. And it's a decent album, dude. There's some few really good songs, but it's a decent metalcore album. It's nothing better than that. It's yeah. not a classic. It's not like even close to what I think fucking. Personally, the guilt and the grief, and then yeah. obviously moving to the Mortal Core, we thought that was a little bit, a little bit of a dip as well. But that dipped even further with this, and I hope, and I think they will rediscover that fire. Well, it's funny because like I, when I do these polls on the Silly Goose Club, and I say what is the greatest sophomore album, I give it. It's open for anyone to put their own album. Yes, in, right? nobody's put the the, the death of me in. Well, there's no there's no real wow factor. Yeah. I didn't but think. a lot of I do remember people saying a lot of people love that album. I remember a lot of reviews, and maybe this was just because it was Polaris, a bit of a hype train element to yeah. it, which is understandable. It happens. A lot of people like this. Is 10 out of 10 album this is the best album of the year and then I remember when it got to the end of the year where people doing their albums of the year was like eh no one really cared about it anymore back end of the top 10 if that yeah like that's like, on, on I think any list 14 or 15 for us like and I think yeah. that was us being a little bit generous generous well. like, yeah. we, kind of, we didn't want to fucking anyone to punch us in the face no. well exactly like you got a couple of decent songs Hypermania Massacre's been monsters yep. as well but around that like the wow factor wasn't quite there yeah it all that album relies on the middle section and there's about a three to four track run where you're either going to completely go off the the album or you're or going to yeah. really like the album yeah. and yeah for us I think there's it's more on the uh, we don't really like that yeah one. we don't really stank back to that area I tell you one that I don't like personally oh, no. that I know a lot of people do love oh, shit. I think In Hearts Wake Earthcore hey Nick you had it I've got that in my dips right there yeah it's one of those albums that like well Divination was so good yeah Divination no way close to that Nick. but everyone says like if you ask most In Hearts Wake fans like as I said the death, the death of me didn't get put on that poll in Hearts Wake, uh, Earthcore definitely got put on this poll. It's somewhere in here. I don't know where. It's probably got a few votes, but it doesn't really matter. Mm, but yeah. it's been put on there, so people do regard it highly. I know a lot of people consider Earthwalker their best album, which is crazy to me. Because one, I'm a Skydancer guy, which I know is, a very, is very much in the minority, but that's okay. But I think Divination's so far above it. And I remember when this album came out, it was 11 tracks. It had an intro track, an outro track, and it had a, um, interlude. A, an interlude in the middle. And I remember thinking, fuck, man, there's like seven or eight tracks on this fucking album. And a, if you don't like a couple, then you're running with about four or five tracks where you enjoy. And all, How can that be a great album? To me, it was just always, it handicapped itself. It's got great tracks. I love Healer. Healer still is one of my favorite Classic song. songs. I, it felt like a song that should have been on Skydancer just vocally especially the cleans felt very more Skydancer than Earthwalker and the, the title track's pretty good as well Divine's decent but I don't know man like it just didn't do it for me we listened to that twice on the way to Unify 1 and? that was that, that's like we were really like on that at that stage yeah. so like I, I'm with you and like I always said they should have combined the two albums just to make one super album that would have been better because they're the example like if you're talking to bands that dip and run out of ideas 
they're the kind of poster boys, you know, in my opinion. Because like from there, like Scott answer, like you can say like you, you like you really enjoy it, but both of them together, if you put them together, it's a great album. But yeah. like you got two decent albums instead of one great one, and like you moved to Ark, which was kind of crap, and then Caliuga last year was a little bit all over the shop. It's a hard genre, Nick. Metalcore is a hard genre to keep reinventing yourself, and it's reason why why bands like Bring Me evolve from album to album. Like a day to remember, you look at that. Like their album this year suck. You're welcome. Like, and they're the biggest band in the pop punk metalcore kind of fucking realm. So. Yeah. Uh, in Arts Waker, that poster boy band, Nick. It's, it's very plenty of other good ones, though. Well, give me a good one. I've got plenty of good ones, Nick. Yeah. Right? Okay, for you, Loathe, I let it in and took it took everything. It's funny, I don't really know their debuts. Oh, yeah. So well, I'm, I, it's hard for me to comment on this. Do you know much about their debut? Not a lot, but I listened to it a couple of times, yeah. like around the, the time, because I'm a, I'm a lone fe- Loathe fiend at yeah. the moment, Nick Brown. I cannot wait. That is going to be the show of the year next year. Besides, obviously, the, what we did on the um, weekend fundraiser, <laughs> very of course. Nice, very I'm nice. telling you now, the Loathe Whilst You Sleep show is going to be monstrous. But you look back, so The Cold Sun was the actual album. I've got it downloaded. A couple of decent songs. They had the same kind of style and the vibe that they were going for. But I let it in and it took everything, kind of took them off. It propelled yeah. them up into the kind of not the stratosphere. They're not the biggest metal band going around. But they're on the trajectory to be playing bigger festivals and stuff. And they're starting to get that. But it's a really good one. i got a good one for you too, Nick. Please. Please. Another different one. Of Mice and Men, The Flood. Yes. Back I, in the day. I had not this. A Release. I love this. I think the self self tile is really cool, and um, it's a bit more post hardcorey, and there's a bit more kind of like this is little, heavy. a little bit mafia. Where this one feels, it, it's very seen. Um, the flood, but it's so fucking cool. There's something really fun about this album, and I again, it's an album that I can put on. I you know when I'm gaming and that, I'll sometimes put an album, like, album like this on, and it would just be a really fun time. There's some great songs on here. Obviously, you got OG Loco opening. It's my favorite up. opening ben, song, I reckon. In the same. yeah, let Li- the song "Let Live" Ben through is amazing. Got "Product of a Murder," which sounds like Megadeth Symf- Symphony of Destruction. Uh, and then they did the deluxe with the flood, the depths in there, and like those are two of the heaviest songs of Mice Men ever. Did. Ridiculous! It's incredible, and like. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of restoring force, but uh, you know, then Cold Walk, uh, World came out, and it just they just Killed fell them. off a fucking cliff. Mm. Again, they felt like they were going to be the biggest band, and an album like The Flood was the reason why a lot of people thought they were going to be the biggest band. They just never made it. What about an album before a band became the biggest band? Please, for those who have heart. Data Remember? Absolutely, got that one written. You got down. that written down. Talk yeah. to me about it, Nick. So Talk to me. I don't know much about a Data Remember's a debut album. I, I tried to give it a listen, but I don't. The really, trees one. I just don't really give a fuck, yeah. um, honestly. But I, for those who have heart, is a lot of people, especially when I was like in high school, a lot of people fucking love this album. And when Homesick came out, the trendy thing to say was, "For those who have heart, is better than Homesick." Now there is an argument there. I think both albums are really, really good. I think they've both got great songs on there, but. I I just think that you know this felt like a day to remember. Just it felt like they were just having fun here. I don't know. They just felt like they were having a good time when they were writing this. And same with Homesick. It's what makes Homesick such a a great record is that it sounds like they're enjoying themselves writing this. It doesn't sound so fucking. They're not taking themselves too seriously. There are some embellishments. Even like the oh, yes. even like Mr. Highway didn't 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 ding. It's like they're having fun with it. They understand that it's a little bit stupid. Disrespect your surroundings is a dumb as fuck line. But they know that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same for, the, for those who have heart, whatever this fucking album's yes. called. It's like there is a lot of songs in here where it's there are. It probably doesn't hold up too well. Some of Jeremy's higher pitched vocals are a bit rough to bit listen whiny, to. Nick. But for the time period, it was a really fun listen. Again, it was in that time period where. Sleeping with Sirens and Pierce the Veil and that were coming through. That was the style. And they were the heavier ones. But like you say, I, I, I like it because it's a little bit less mainstream. Yeah. Listening now, like I, I don't go back to Homesick as much as I probably go back to this. But another one for you, Nick. Came out, produced by the band, or not by the band, but the man from A Day to Remember, Jeremy McKinnon. Neck Deep, Life's Not Out to Get You. This Ooh. is the album that kind of put them up into the... not the, like they, they played a fucking Unify that year, Nick. Yeah. That's why I listened to this album. So that were the appeal 
Went and watched them. Got the graveyard shift on the Sunday. The biggest stitch up ever. That thank God they don't have bands on the Sunday these days. That was yeah. just the worst thing ever. But this is a really cool album, and I'm telling you now, like. A lot of people love this song. Uh, a lot of songs on this um, Neck Deep release. Like our mate Mitch, I know he frosts this. Like it was just a really cool release at the time. Maybe that's because like that's the style that I was liking. But yeah. they're a really cool band. That was a really good second release too. I got one. Um, uh, one maybe it's probably not the best sophomore album, but I think in terms of the quality difference between yes. their debut and sophomore, it's probably one of the biggest. Ooh. It's Void of Visions Hyper Days. Oh, okay. It's yes. a really really easy one. Um, children Big covered. Step up. Children yep. of Chrome covered in Chrome. Whatever, covered. Whatever the fucking album. One of them's a Violent Soho song, and one of them's a Void of Vision album. Can't remember which one's which, but that album sucks the band don't like it it just didn't come across well they hated it felt like yeah it felt like a band who didn't want to write this um obviously when they were writing i'm sure they'd probably enjoyed it but it, it didn't take long until after a mediocre reception from just about everybody kind of coupled with i don't know it just didn't it felt very of its time and i think they've said it in the past where they felt like they were trying to jump on some trends that were kind of popping up around that time instead of writing what they wanted to write they obviously did the Disturbia EP and yep. then they did Hyper Days and Hyper Days, again, I love it. I absolutely love this album. It's so fun to fucking listen to. I really like their new EP, which I hope, like, Void Division are in a really weird, a good spot right now. And I think Hyper Days is a very cool album that is, the replay value is so high. It's very high. Yeah. On, an, on an album that, you know, came from an album that, fuck man, like, it just wasn't that great. <laughs> I've got my number one and two now, Nick Brown. Oh, okay. My number one, or should I go two first? Two first. Two first, Northland Singularity. Yes, okay. This so, Nick, easily, like, I reckon this is the best, like, seen album from Australia, if we're talking sophomores, I think. Like, I know Horizons is the biggest, like, it's Parkway, like, I know you got fucking young bloods, but I know Chemical Miracles is another one we'll talk about, yes. but I think Singularity's better. I just think it's Northland, like, it made my favourite 30, I just love the album, I think, from Go To Woe. Adrian actually was really good on this. I thought Nick Pedersen and his drumming was awesome and the whole album just flows really well. And like, the first album's good, but this is just fucking yeah. awesome. That, this is like, you know, usually I kind of go like with sophomores, I want albums that start off at be- debuts that weren't that great into al- sophomores that were amazing. This kind of is a, the exep- exception to the rule because this is, you can't not talk about this fucking album. 100%. Man. Like, this album's so cool. I understand there's a lot of North Lane fans who either prefer Discoveries or consider these two on an even playing field like yep. you know some days they'll prefer one to the other kind of thing this album and i was i was actually just giving a little skim through today um and just kind of going through the track track list there is an obscene like those first six or so tracks it goes on this unbelievable run of great songs. run and it's un- unreal like, run it is unreal that they've got like and they have time for having masquerade back at like track eight or so what and a feature like, again like 38 30 minutes album i think it's a little bit over 30 minutes and it's Scarab that Genesis Scarab intro, one of the most iconic, like that drum thing, like doom doom, puka, doom doom, iconic there. <laughs> that's me. That's my air drumming of it. But it's your air drumming. But that that album, like as much as I I at that time was that tr- trying to be that trendy kid who said that it wasn't very good. Like I look back on that now and I go, fuck man, I wish I was kind of like more open to enjoying an album like that. For sure. Uh, what is your number one, but Nathan? Oh. Knock loose, different shade of blue. Okay, okay. By, by cool. three lengths of the straight, because like laugh tracks, I wasn't into them at that stage. Decent couple of good songs. It's a decent album, but the step up to this is just fucking huge. interesting. A lot of people love laugh tracks. I'm, a big, I'm a big laugh track guy. I must yeah. admit, but nah, different shade of blue by a mile. Interesting. Just, from track list all the way through from go to woe, this is their yeah fucking just by miles. But like you look at that banger after banger. Definitely best album in 2019. Yep. On on hindsight, couple more. Trophy Eyes, Chemical Miracle. Yes. So I, I had that in my top five as well. 
a lot of people's introduction in the scene. So a lot of people listen to Chlorine for the first time. Cracked on a chemical miracle. Still talk about it. Love it. Bought the fucking blue tie-dye shirt. Yeah. Wore that a million times. Wore the shit out of that. But everyone loved this album. They just have that nostalgia factor or something about Trophy Eyes. Men Move On was a lot heavier in style or fucking punky hardcore. Yeah. But this kind of took him into a different route. You, like know, a what's, different route. you know what's funny? I, I remember seeing when we went to Soundwave Sydney... And I think you guys were going to see a Monomath at the start of the day. Oh, on the ship, yeah. And what a waste. I, and I was going to see a Triple J Unearthed band. I think they were Triple J or whatever. They were playing. They were early and it was going. these buggers, wasn't and it? it? Was trophy yeah. And I remember I watched them for about five minutes and I walked out because they were fucking terrible. Yeah, you said they were garbage. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was a waste of time. Let's, go, sh- let's go see Hacktivist. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I went to see Hacktivist. It was great. And that was all fantastic. But I just you, I just wouldn't pick a band like that seeing them there. I was like, oh, this is just going to be a flash in the pan. Like, why are they even on this fucking stage? Unreal. And here they are now. Um, Nath, I'll give you a couple yes, for me. Died as Murder Hate. Oh, yes. That's a, that's a sophomore album, which yep. I kind of thought, for some reason, I thought they might have had two before it's Hate. The, again, we've talked about Hate in the sense that, like, everybody has wanted to replicate that drum sound. I mm. don't think there's ever... How can you be so fucking influential that you have a drum sound? Like, I know there's no, no disrespect to drummers out there, Nathan, but, like, you don't often hear that. You don't often go, like, I want to sound like this drum set kind of thing. And everybody yeah. everybody knows that sound. Yep. And we heard we heard a, definitely a band trying to have their own take on that with Starve earlier yeah. this year. And we as soon as we, and as soon as we heard that, we went... This is this sounds great. The drums sound amazing. Turns yep. out they were live drums. Who would have thought? Who would have thought, <laughs> thought that live drums and somebody who probably knows how to tune his drum kit and everything like that yes, Nick. would equate to being a fucking fantastic release. Love it. And it's really like Nick Peterson from Northlane has that effect as well. They're the only yeah. two, but like you think of him, then you think of this album because this is the album where the sound was at the pinnacle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute pinnacle, Nick. Uh, Bring Me Horizon Suicide Season. I have to mention that. I know some people yep. were going to mention that. It's a really fun album. It's not an amazing, it's not like a 10 out of 10 album. I wouldn't even say it's a 9 out of 10, barely an 8 out of 10 kind of thing, but yep. it's probably the funnest Bring Me album there is. It's just, again, it sounds- It's a good listen. Very similar to A Day to Remember for those who have heart. It just sounds like a band who are kind of having fun with a lot of effects that are coming through right there. And they'll do a bit of like a lot of the sim stuff and like even with the uncut version where they have all the dubstep shit and they just a lot of fun to listen to. It sounds like a band who are just trying new things and seeing what sticks mm. and it, what it led to obviously is fucking bringing the horizon, right? Like, Did, it, it? Um, and I wanted a bit of a low, low key one. I think Hacktivist Higher Piper Dialect should have a little bit of a shout Hyper, here. yeah. I just like because I, I just think their first album's so shit out of, outside, out of the box or whatever it is. Yeah. I think this one is just... It, absolutely crushes it it's not gonna it win it's not gonna win album of the year this year not even close but it's it's an album that i think like you know compared to what they did so long ago puts them back, back on the map yeah if that makes sense and death turns around the first amazing but yeah. okay, that's not the same <laughs> what Ta- about code orange forever yeah i was gonna i was thinking about that, was that a sophomore one. one was that sophomore uh, Soft- forever was that's their second amazing. yeah fucking mm-hmm. grammy nominated that's insane like great I didn't know them really before that. Then they got fucking Bray White jumping on one of their songs <laughs> and like you kind of learn about Code Orange a bit more, but they like that album, that really propelled them. Okay, let's try and come up with a five. Oh, five. Yes. So let's go one. Let's go one and one. What is your num- what is your number one? What one do you want have to be on there, right? I had Different Shade of Blue, but I'm happy to go Singularity. No, I'm happy. With, I'm happy. Singularity will make it anyway. Yeah. Different Shade of Blue. Different Shade of Blue. Let's go Fake History. We both had that. Oh, for sure. Straight yes. up. Yep. So there's three. Do I we, literally had that one, two, three, yeah. Do we have to give it to Horizons? I went Horizons because it's Horizons. I went Horizons four, then I had tro- uh, then I had Chemical Miracle five. Okay, so then, let's try and you go tr- five. You can mix, pick the fifth. Let's try and mix up a little bit then. Um, we have to go Horizons, don't we? It's kind of impossible for us not to. Let's go. Let's go. Hate 
at five. I like that. I'm happy with hate at I five. Like hate. So hate at five, horizons four. Three is something I can't remember. Two is something I can't remember. That's so true. Fake that. history, let live at three. Yep. Um, Parkway Horizons pa- four. Yeah. What's two and one? Oh, two remember. and one. It was North Plains Singularity. Yeah, Singularity. And then I had different shade of blue. Let's go Singularity one. Yeah, I like that. Singularity one. I, like I think. That. I think better. And um, it's it's hard. It's hard to argue against. I'm it. just thinking about the drum sound and hate. Now you just got me just yeah. fucking banging that in my head. It's just something about. It. I remember my mate used to play it and like. A uh, Pat and Patty, yeah. and his car for whatever reason had a really good sound system. Like, really it was good. a really average car. But the Ford was that the four wheel drive Ford. Yeah, yeah, it was just something about it. Just yeah. Everything hit square as and and like <laughs> I remember I, I remember this really well where I was like I remember thinking to myself like oh well why how could a band make a tom sound heavy oh. you know what I mean like there was just something about it where their tom drum made felt like the heaviest fucking thing ever it was crazy crazy anyway it's good shit good shit there's five have fun with it. What is your favorite sophomore album, person listening? Are they driving? Do you reckon they're in the toilet listening? Do you reckon they're in the toilet? Are in the toilet listeners? You got an idea for next one? The next one? No, you, uh, what do you got? You got anything? Best features, Nick Brown. Yes. Oh, best features. We should in do the best features and then next week, the week after, do worst features. Because oh. I reckon there's enough. I reckon there's enough content oh. to do one completely on worst features. I got it like a like an unrated, like an unactual person mentioned for a, a feature. Ooh. Drew York from New York on Masquerade doesn't oh. even get a feature on the fucking writing no. of the album, Nick. And uh, it's so obvious that it's him. Well, Don Donda, no, no one gets a fucking writing <laughs> on, on Astro World by Travis Scott. No one gets a feature. That's because like, uh, there's too many fucking features. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, there's a difference of those buggers. <laughs> but that being said, well, guys, we'll see you Sunday and uh, take care.